You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. Road conditions across BC are deteriorating as a winter storm dumps dangerous amounts of snow. One person has died. The map from Drive BC pretty much tells the story right now. Problems everywhere, including on five major highways, the Trans-Canada and Coquihalla among them. Global's Catherine Urquhart is live tonight in Hope, where drivers found themselves stranded by a series of road closures throughout the day today. How are things looking out there now, Catherine? Well, Sophie, here in Hope, not so bad, but not far away from here, conditions treacherous on a number of highways. We can tell you that as of moments ago, the Coquihalla was closed southbound due to a crash near Merritt. Number three closed in both directions due to a crash near Manning Park. And number one open for now. We can also tell you that conditions started to deteriorate just about 24 hours ago. On the Coquihalla Highway, close to the summit, near whiteout conditions Thursday night. You can see everywhere, this snow everywhere. I can't see the lines in the road. This is a very bad condition right now. Last hour, it's just visibility is bad, but the traction seems to be okay, but it's just so slow going. Pounding snow and extremely poor visibility make the drive treacherous. We told them don't go up the hill, eh? you can't make it up, they just go right by us like we're blind here or whatever and uh, there they were. They made it 500 feet and then, you know, they're spun out on the hill. So Near Merritt, there are several crashes and numerous vehicles slide off the road. Rollovers, accident, multiple accidents, basically everything. The way people are driving, the ice, the snow, the visibility, just gets nasty. At one point, after more than three quarters of a meter of snow has fallen, all three highways to the interior are closed. And on Highway 1, a rock slide comes down north of China Bar Tunnel. The worst I've ever seen. On the other side of the Coquihalla, in Hope, dozens of motorists waited out. Well, I was in Hope and I figured as soon as they open the highway, I want to be able to get it, at least a shot at it, right? So Three options. Highway 3, Highway 5, or we go from Highway 1. It takes four hours, but anyway, we get there. If you absolutely must travel, check Drive BC for all the latest updates. Be prepared. Make sure that you have winter snow tires, extra clothes, and food in case you are stuck at a closure. And better still, Consider staying home and waiting it out until conditions improve. Sophie, back to you. Probably the best advice. Thanks very much for that, Catherine Burkhart reporting in Hope. All right, let's check in with meteorologist Christy Gordon now for more on what's ahead in the forecast. Christy? Sophie, uh, an update for you. We uh, just received notice that there now 91 centimeters of snow has fallen on the Coquihalla. If you need to travel to the interior, Highway 1 is definitely the better route. It looks like most of that highway is below the freezing level. Coquihalla Summit is a mess. Whiteout conditions. You talked to or heard of the people talking about that earlier. Whiteout conditions, visibility terrible, and that is the same on Allison Pass. I'll get my director to click this forward so you can have a look at Allison Pass. Terrible 
terrible visibility there as well. And in terms of how much snowfall we're still expecting, 35 centimeters on the Coke and Allison Pass right through tomorrow morning. If you need to travel those routes, tomorrow afternoon would be better. If you can wait till then, I highly recommend that. Or even Sunday if you can do it. All right, thanks for that, Christy. We'll check in with Sunday, you yeah. a little bit later. Well, travelers who are flying aren't getting much of a break either. Today is the busiest day of the holiday season for air travel. And as Global Sean O'Shea reports, airports are recommending preparation and patience. It's a sign of the season. Holiday travelers jamming Canada's busiest airport, a place even more hectic than usual. It's a pretty busy day. At the end of the day, we're going to have approximately 138,000 passengers pass through Pearson. So it's not our busiest day of the year, but it's definitely the busiest day of the holiday season. And it's a stressful time for some people, let's say. Pearson Airport is preaching patience, asking travelers to get here early. That advice applies to flights all through the holiday period. Air Canada has been besieged with booking problems for weeks now, ever since rolling out a new reservation system. A spokesperson says that system is now functioning largely as expected. The airline claims wait times at customer call centers are coming down. At check-in, no snags for Scott Brubaker, who's packing his bike for a trip to Cuba. It's never been a problem so far. Cuba is a popular destination. Hi there, we tried checking in. The Wilkinson family is on its way there. Christmas vacation kind of thing there. With I uh, got some friends meeting us down there too with their kids and. Yeah, it should be good. Six-and-a-half-year-old Ella knows what's ahead. Swimming and stuff, going to the beach, staying in a hotel for seven days, stuff just like that. They're traveling light, but for those packing presents, beware how you take them. It's not a good idea. If you're going through security and you have wrapped gifts in your carry-on, you may be asked to unwrap them. So the biggest tip, don't wrap your presents. Save that for when you get to your destination. Sean O'Shea, Global News, Toronto. Well, patience is also recommended for anyone venturing into the shopping malls. The payment processing company Monera says ever since 2013, today has been the busiest shopping day of the year when it comes to total transactions. Black Friday is the biggest day in overall spending. Moneris is expecting to process more than 25 million transactions today. That's more than 625 each second. A new survey maps out the growth of online shopping in B.C. The Insights West poll found that 8 in 10 British Columbians say they'll do at least some online Christmas shopping. 45% say they'll do more than half of their shopping online. And 33% say they'll do more online shopping than they did last year. Well, in other news tonight, firefighters are still on the scene of a huge fire in the Fraser Valley at about the last place you'd want it. The fire broke out this afternoon at Windsor Plywood in Chilliwack, sending a huge plume of smoke that could be seen for several kilometers. Firefighters were on the scene quickly, but a good part of the lumberyard was already fully involved. The big concern for firefighters, protecting a new apartment building next door. The fire has cut power for more than 1,200 people. No word tonight on any cause or any injuries. 
some breaking news right now for you. A recall of a popular sleeping aid that's made in B.C. Both Health Canada and the FDA in the U.S. have recalled a product called Udream. Udream has been on the market online and in retail stores for about two years, marketed as a natural sleep remedy. But the FDA says Udream Full Night contains a substance structurally similar to a prescription sleeping medication. That medication is not approved by the FDA and is known to cause impairment of driving and other activities that require alertness. Well, the company that makes Udream acknowledges that a molecule similar to a prescription medication was found in their product, which is manufactured here in B.C., they say they're trying to find out how it got into the product. But in the meantime, the company is also recommending consumers stop using it. Vancouver police say their annual holiday counterattack blitz has been a busy one. Since the roadblocks went up on November 29th, the VPD says it has pulled 101 drivers off the road. And most of those drivers had their vehicles impounded for 30 days. This time of year is full of celebrations and we want people to enjoy themselves. We're just reminding everyone to plan ahead if you're going to be drinking or using cannabis to ensure that you have a safe journey home. Now, a cautionary tale tonight about who you choose to be your designated driver during the holiday season. A B.C. family thought they were doing everything right until they went through a counterattack roadblock. Jill Bennett reports. Good evening. How are we? A Nelson family was stopped at a counterattack check, much like this one on December 13th. The parents had been at a holiday party and had their 22-year-old son pick them up. He was sober. But the officer then asked his mom in the passenger seat if she'd been drinking. She admitted, of course, that she had. And then he asked her to exit the vehicle and submit to a roadside breath test. Of course, she failed that, and then she was issued with a 90-day driving prohibition, and the family vehicle was immediately impounded for a period of 30 days. The issues, according to the ticket, are the driver has an L, or learner's license, meaning there must be a qualified supervisor in the vehicle. And the car involved, a Pontiac Vibe, is small enough the passenger could grab the steering wheel or interfere with driving. A far reach, according to Lehman. The officer could have issued a violation ticket for driving contrary to a restriction of the person's license. I think that it's troubling, it's disturbing, and it's certainly not the way that we want to see our impaired driving laws being enforced here in this province. Those who routinely drive impaired people this time of year admit it's an unusual case, but say there are ways to reduce the risk. You want to make sure that there's as few distractions as possible in general, right? Whether it's Operation Red Nose or a commercial designated driving service or just a friend driving your car. And so if the person is quite intoxicated, it's always a good idea to have them in the back seat. As for the Nelson family, a reprieve from RCMP. While they recommend anyone overseeing a driver in the graduated license program be sober, they confirm a decision was made to recommend the cancellation of the 90-day IRP issued to the passenger. The vehicle impound is also cancelled. It was a potentially expensive and inconvenient lesson for a family who thought they were making a responsible choice. Jill Bennett, Global News.
Well, caught on video, Star Wars fans in Vancouver getting a little more drama than they expected as they sat down to watch the opening night of The Rise of Skywalker. A dust-up over a cell phone forcing an eviction and a restart of the movie. Talk about an unwanted bonus scene. He is not the performer they all came to see. Online, it's been dubbed the Star Wars Freakout because it happened during an opening night screening of The Rise of Skywalker in downtown Vancouver. He just kind of lost it. He just went, started screaming and yelling. Joe Bond was in the theater with his wife. He says the guy showed up sounding tired and emotional and needed help to find a seat. He ended up sitting next to us um, when the credits started. He, uh, he started yelling at a guy who had his phone out. He says the yelling at one person morphed into a rant against anyone with a phone in hand. For Bond, it was supposed to be a peaceful date night with his wife, the first since the birth of their second child. How was Santa? When he glanced at his phone to see if the babysitter had called, he claims the man became violent. I told him to calm down and he didn't calm down and then he hit me in the face, which I wasn't too impressed with. The star of the theater sideshow was escorted out and police were called. We spotted the fugitives. We were unable to locate the suspect. Uh, video footage of the theater is being reviewed and the investigation is ongoing. Now, ironically, the man's disturbance about others disturbing the movie resulted in the film being restarted. Bond's takeaway? Um, don't go to Star Wars on the first night. <laughs> And for his next movie date night, he hopes the battle scenes stay on the screen. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. A little less drama at Christy Gordon's location tonight. She's at the Bloedel Conservatory in Queen Elizabeth Park. No drama, but it is very beautiful there, Christy. It sure is, and getting into the holiday spirit here, it's Festival Tropical here at the uh, Bloedel Conservatory. And of course, hello to Wayne Cox, it is Friday night after all, so I had to wear my shirt. Let me introduce you to uh, Emily Schultz, so she works here at the conservatory, and uh, this, they, you have different themes every year, but this is so much fun. Yeah, this year we have a tropical theme for our 50th anniversary. It's uh, one of the most fun, affordable indoor holiday events in the city for families. It's great. We've got over 120 tropical flying birds, exotic plants, lots of light displays with a tropical theme, fun music, and a great time. A major new development tonight in the investigations into two murders in B.C. that happened more than a year apart. One of the victims was known to police with a long criminal record. The other, a young victim of mistaken identity. Aaron MacArthur has the latest. A 21-year-old man was arrested Friday morning in Edmonton. He now faces first-degree murder charges in two homicides that occurred in Metro Vancouver over the course of the last two years. Terrell Quinnell, who now goes by the name of Terrell Nguyen, was charged with the murder of 27-year-old Randeep Kang in 2017 and 19-year-old Jagvir Mali in 2018. Kang was gunned down in North Surrey in October 2017 near the Surrey-Fraser Perimeter Road. Kang, described as a known gangster and part of the ongoing conflict in Metro Vancouver. In November of 2018, Jagvir Mali was killed in Abbotsford, 
and Molly is being described as anything but a gangster by people who knew him. Police continue to say that this was a case of mistaken identity. Originally, these files were being investigated as separate homicides taking place a year apart, but recently investigators were able to put the suspect together with both of these crimes. At what point were investigators linking these two files if they, were, if they started off as separate? Those details are probably come out through court. I can't discuss them right now. But the important thing is, is that we were able to link them and use the resources that we had to put it all together and come to this conclusion. Investigators believe there are other people involved in both of these murders. They're asking for witnesses to come forward with more information. Nguyen slash Quinnell will make his first court appearance in Metro Vancouver after he's transported from Edmonton. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. A North Okanagan man accused of threatening a sex trade worker at gunpoint was found guilty on three charges today by a B.C. Supreme Court judge. Curtis Segmoen was convicted of wearing a disguise with intent to commit an offense and use of a firearm during the offense in the summer of 2017. He was also found guilty of possession of a controlled substance, which his lawyer says was meth. Segmoen was found not guilty of uttering threats and intentionally discharging a firearm. The victim testified that she drove to a property near Salmon Arm where she had the frightening encounter with the accused that ended with her fleeing barefoot. Segmoen was sentenced to two years less a day and 36 months probation, but was released today after getting credit for time served. <coughs> oh my gosh, stop, stop, stop! Oh no, that's that loud noise! Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh no! A slow motion collision between two Carnival cruise ships in Cozumel, one ship piercing the stern of the other as witnesses watch in disbelief. Six passengers suffered minor injuries. The cruise line says it's assessing the damage, but the seaworthiness of the ships apparently was not affected. Shocked passengers had their cameras rolling the moment the Carnival cruise ship Glory smashed into another Carnival ship legend. The Glory was attempting to dock in Cozumel, Mexico. At one point, passengers on a Royal Caribbean ship thought it would strike them too. He's gonna hit us next! But it did not. The collision between the two Carnival ships left extensive damage to the dining room decks of the Glory. That's crazy! The cruise line said six passengers suffered minor injuries. Peter Greenberg is CBS News' travel editor. Suddenly a 30-knot squall showed up at the most critical time of that particular maneuver. And there was no way for that captain to recover. He calls it a maritime fender bender. If you look at that video, what you probably don't see is the captain going in full reverse and still moving forward. It takes a while for any ship to stop. We just ran into another ship. <laughs> there was a collision in 2009 at the same port. And just this summer in Venice, Italy, a cruise ship lost control, crashing into a dock and another boat, injuring five people. Well, the carnival ships involved in the collision are carrying a combined 6,000 passengers. As we mentioned, the cruise line says both ships remain seaworthy and their cruises are expected to continue. Prince Philip rem 
In a statement, Buckingham Palace says the 98-year-old husband of the Queen was admitted this morning as a precautionary measure. They say it's related to a pre-existing condition and he was sent for treatment on the advice of his doctor. According to British news media, Philip is expected to remain in hospital for a few days. The Queen, meanwhile, left London today for a Christmas holiday at her country estate. And it turns out one of the Queen's grandsons and his wife will be spending this Christmas in Canada. A spokesperson for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex confirms they'll be spending private family time in our country over the holidays. No specifics were released on where exactly Prince Harry and Meghan, along with their young son, will be enjoying the festive season. Meghan lived in Toronto for seven years while she was starring in the TV legal drama Suits. Last month, the couple announced they would skip the usual royal festivities at Sandringham with the Queen. Police in St. Paul, Minnesota are sharing dramatic surveillance video of a woman being robbed and dragged by a car. The 52-year-old woman was walking to her car at a shopping center parking lot on Sunday afternoon when a man came up behind her and snatched her purse. The robber threw the purse into a car and the driver hit the gas, but the woman's arm was still stuck to the strap of the purse, trapping her in the door of the vehicle. She was dragged for 60 meters. Fortunately, she was not seriously hurt. There have been a string of purse snatchings in the Twin Cities suburbs, and police are investigating whether the cases are connected. In Health Matters, a Richmond emergency room doctor has a warning about the dangers associated with inhaling nitrous oxide. He says he noticed young people are inhaling it from small canisters known as whippets in order to get high. But as Linda Ellsworth reports, it's no laughing matter. What's that? You probably know it better as laughing gas. It makes for a funny bit in the movies. But in the real world, nitrous oxide is serious medicine. So it's an anesthetic drug. Uh, in the emergency department where I work, we use it for pain control. But in recent years, Dr. Kwok has noticed a disturbing trend at Richmond Hospital. Nitrous oxide being used recreationally. It seems like, you know, it went from nothing to a uh, few cases a month, and maybe there are even more other cases. We don't have statistics on that. All over the internet, you can find videos of people inhaling the chemical from these little canisters, meant to be used in whipped cream dispensers, but are instead released into balloons and inhaled. One of Dr. Kwok's emergency patients admitted to inhaling the contents of over a hundred canisters a day. The concern is that people that has abused these drugs can go into uh, psychiatric like psychosis that we saw. His other concern? That anyone can buy nitrous oxide canisters. There are no controls that take the product's misuse into account. It's almost like buying morphine. Uh, you know, on the street without any control. The problem has disturbed him enough to write an article that was recently published in the BC Medical Journal. His goal? We want the public to be, a, to be aware of this issue and hopefully regulatory bodies also will be aware and will look into how we can control access. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. <laughs> Hey, we might have to break your leg, bro. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You can't pull it back. 
We're trying, Heart stopping video as Texas police desperately try to free a man from a burning car. How it all turned out right after the forecast. All right, let's check in with meteorologist Christy Gordon at the Bloedel Conservatory, where it's tropical inside, but of course, the total opposite outside, Christy. That's right. I'm thankful to be inside here right now in my uh, tropical shirt here. Hello to Wayne Cox if you're watching. By the way, the bird that we were trying to show you earlier, he has been saying peekaboo nonstop. I guess he was just a little camera shy. But yes, we are at the Bloedel Conservatory for Festival Tropical, and it is a fun event to come down to. Uh, so I hope that you are able to check it out, despite the fact that we still have more rain in the forecast for our region and snowfall. Atmospheric River, though, finally coming to an end. You can see the tail of it finally getting cut off from that moisture source, but we still do have significant snowfall on the way. Here's a look at the... Coquihalla. I hope you guys can see. Maybe awesome. You let me know which ones you're seeing there. Yes, whiteout conditions. It is open northbound, but slow, slow go. And uh, we're expecting another 35 centimeters. It's not going to ease off until tomorrow afternoon, everyone. Uh, Columbia and Kootenai region, you can expect the snow to continue through the next 24 hours, not easing off until Sunday for you. And uh, for that region, significant amounts, even at lower elevations for the Columbia region. The northern region, sunshine. So Columbia area, like Revelstoke, could see 20 to 25 centimeters. Uh, the Kootenai region, a little bit milder. That freezing level will be at about 900 meters. So most areas looking at rain, although the Okanagan Valley could see 10 centimeters. Areas like Kelowna, showers for our region tomorrow morning, drier tomorrow afternoon. We officially change over to winter tomorrow evening. So our first full day of winter will be dry at least compared to what we've seen over the last little while. That'll be a nice little break. And yes, it looks like we could see a bit of sunshine as we head towards our Christmas day, Sophie. It's still days away, so keep tuning back in, but that is some good news off in the distance. All right, thanks. You'll be able to wear shirts like these. <laughs> I can't wait. Thanks very much, Christy. <laughs> well, police body camera footage shows a dramatic rescue in Harris County, Texas, earlier this month after officers came upon a driver trapped in a car that had crashed into a tree and caught fire. We got him. Pull, pull, pull. We got him. We got him. You okay? The man's leg was pinned in the vehicle, and at one point, first responders thought they would have to break his leg in order to free him. Fire extinguishers on the scene turned out to be empty. But then suddenly, 10 minutes into the rescue, the man's foot just slid out, and he was freed just as the driver's seat was engulfed in flames. Close call. Everything's kept caught on camera these days. I know. There's nothing you do that's not on camera. See what Christy was doing there? She was channeling, she was channeling her inner Wayne Cox. Yeah, exactly. The uh, Hawaiian shirt. If There's only a Hawaiian shirt that hangs up there. She might have borrowed that one. Really? <laughs> I don't know. It's a little dusty. <laughs> we offered it to her because she needed a Hawaiian shirt. Wow, if you'd seen what this desk looked like just a couple minutes ago, or a couple seconds ago, I should say. But now it looks completely organized. clean and organized. I know. Yeah, see? His papers were strewn about. They look like bingo cards my mm -hmm. aunts used to have in front of them back in the bingo days. Yeah, with the big marker. Was that, what was it, a dab doink exactly, thing? Whatever exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, let's wish a happy birthday. Happy birthday. To Chris Tanev, 30. The guy who looks more like a hockey player than any other Canuck with his 50% smile because half his teeth have been sacrificed to flying pucks and errant sticks. Uh, last night, Tanev did something he rarely does. That score, not just score, but he did it with a deke. 
in overtime. It was like his birthday wish came true. And it kept the villagers from attacking Rogers Arena with pitchforks and torches, yelling for a sacrifice. Chris Tanev just kept it onside with a pass to Horvat now. Back for Tanev. Deeks scores! It's the kind of win that should snap a team out of a funk, and the Canucks certainly needed this kind of pick-me-up after losing three straight games. The fact it came against the Golden Knights has to be even sweeter, a team they've now beaten just twice in 10 all-time meetings. But had Jacob Markstrom not made this ridiculous save late, the Canucks would be riding a four-game losing skid. What a save by Markstrom with the blocker! That was probably uh, the win right there. Um, that's, a, that's a big save at a big time in the game. and um, it's, uh, That was huge, and, and he knows it, and the guys in here know it too. Even though we're letting four goals today, it's you know that's a t- timely save that I've you know been pushing on. That I, you know you want to be, you want to have an impact. You want to help the guys, and you know that was you know my time to to step up and you know help the help the guys get a win. For the Canucks to get into the playoffs, these kinds of performances have to be the rule more than the exception. That means getting stellar goaltending and steady production from their star players. Elias Pettersson did his part, scoring twice for his team-leading 15th and 16th goals of the season. We talked about it, like uh, this is the type of game we got to play. Every game we play hard, we skate a lot, and I skate a lot, that was... That's what makes us a good team, and that's what uh, brings us victories. The Canucks have two more home games before the Christmas break, tomorrow versus Pittsburgh, then Monday versus Edmonton. Building off the Vegas win would be a big boost for a team currently three points out of the final wild card spot. Obviously, we've been struggling a bit lately, and it's, it's been tough to find a win, so it's, it's big to get the win, and we, we have two more games and going into Christmas here, and hopefully we can get a little, little bit of a roll going. Now, last night wasn't all good for the Canucks because Josh Levo hurt his right leg in the second period badly enough that Vancouver has called up Zach McEwen from the minors. Since they had the day off today, no official diagnosis, but it didn't look good and, quite frankly, should have been a penalty. Here it is. Levo pushed from behind by Nick Holden. You can see he leads with his right knee into the boards. Again, I don't know how that's not a penalty, but whatever the case, one more look from a high angle. He left the game, and when he did... He was not happy. Goes right to the room. Stumbling down the tunnel, and we'll see tomorrow what really took place. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, great Oklahoma State running back from Edmonton, back home, dropping the puck between the Oilers and the Penguins. These are the next two Canuck opponents. That's a weird goal. It just snuck through. Chad Ruidal, and it's now 2-0 Pittsburgh. The Penguins are here tomorrow, and the Oilers are here on Monday. Ooh, look, it's the Abbotsford skyline. How did that get in there? But it was? Oh. Abbotsford, Sorry, I looked away Abbotsford's really built up since I was last there. No, 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 that's the New York it skyline. Does, it is growing quickly. I know it's growing quickly, but that was New York. Uh, Pierre Engvall with a goal there for Toronto. This is Brady Shea. Just gets this one through. It was 3-3 at one point between the Rangers and the Leafs, but in the third period... The Leafs pull away. Mitch Marner. Lost it. Marner in front. Score. He scores. And 6-3 the final for Toronto over NYC. Capitals and Devils. Alex Ovechkin for the 22nd time this year. Scores a goal. Alex Ovechkin. Devils going with the originals. The red with the green. I like those old unis. 
And then it's uh, Nicholas Backstrom with a four-point game. Give and go with Dmitry Orlov. Three to two. And Gerald, John Carlson, good hand-eye. 6-3 the final there. Washington over New Jersey. Check out what the Raptors are doing against the Washington Wizards. They're without Marcus Gasol, Norman Powell, and Pascal Siakam due to injury, but Fred Van Vliet's back in the lineup. Patrick McCaw from Kyle Lowry. And then the aforementioned Freddie Van Vliet driving, scoring. That made it 62-48 for Toronto. Serge Ibaka now. I don't think so. What's happening, Jack? OG Ananobi the other way. Slamming and jamming. 104.99 and a 4-4 TO. Uh, FIFA says it is thinking about making the Women's World Cup of Soccer every two years rather than every four years like the men's tournament. The reason they're thinking of doing this is because they feel the World Cup of Soccer promotes the women's game much better than club soccer does. They get a lot of interest in the World Cup, but not much impact from various women's professional leagues around the world. The next Women's World Cup is 2023, where the number of teams will go from 24 to 32. They have to study it first and do all that before they decide mm -hmm. upon every two years. Interesting idea. Yes, all it right. is. Here's your snow report for this evening. Holy crow, there's a lot of snow across the province. Whistler Blackcomb picked up 34 centimeters, Grouse 14, Cypress 20, Sasquatch opens tomorrow, Manning Park opens tomorrow, Revelstoke picked up 32 centimeters, Fernie 27, Kicking Horse 11, Big White 18, Silver Star 21, Sun Peaks 13, Apex 22, Holy Crow Mount Washington now open 13 centimeters, Whitewater 24, Red Mountain will open on Monday, Powder King 9 centimeters. Come on. We're trying to... Oh. Hang on. You know, you sang a beautiful version of Silver Bells until about the second line, and then you just started humming the rest <laughs> of it. Because <laughs> I don't know the words. I know, that's my I'm favorite. That's how I sing every Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they get to the chorus. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Yeah, you that's know that. Know. No, everybody knows the chorus, but no one knows anything else. All right. Oh, it's satellite debris. Yeah, seasonal satellite debris. So before actually I uh, get into the Christmas uh, part of satellite debris, uh, Tim Hortons put out this uh, commercial. It's a bit longer than your normal commercial, which basically traces a moment in history when Wayne Gretzky, as a child, met Tim Horton himself. Here we go.
comes a great one. Wayne, best wishes. Tim Horton. Tim and Wayne. I know. Did you get some Timbits too? I don't know if they had Timbits back then. didn't save them from back then. No, you don't want to eat those. That would be dangerous. Uh, okay, so we have two commercials, um, the f- both concerning Christmas concerts. Okay. We've shown them before. I want to show them again. Here's the first one from Waitrose. Rose. Here we go. Please join us after our final number for some chocolate and cherry mince pies. I must say, I, I thought you played that really well, Zill. I did, didn't I? Mm. Oh, yes. Okay, the next one, uh, you talk about Christmas songs. I don't think this one by the new Radicals mm. could be considered a Christmas song, but it does feature prominently in a Christmas commercial from Sainsbury. Christmas play when I was in grade one I got to play a tree I think. Was it a tree like one of those ones? I was one of the best trees you've ever seen but you will now I want, want to be the plug. The plug is actually much better than the tree. I feel like he might have hit his face though. I'm off next week. Oh. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, well I'll be back for the new year. Okay. Okay. <laughs>